Hello to everybody who identifies a little too much with Gollum. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here, welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. If you're downloading this the day it came out, it's October 6th, strange times, what a strange I mean, few years we've had in the US of A, let alone the past few weeks and days. I hope this distracts you for an hour from how crazy things get. You know, it's been a while since I've read messages from the Facebook group. The Facebook group's still thriving, 34,000 people in there, I believe. Beautiful anonymous, the community. The response to the uh, fell in love with a hobo call, it really warmed my heart. We had a lot of people sending a call their love, people talking about how much they like food-based dog names. We had a few people talking about different organizations that allow uh, food to not go to waste, that apparently when I was saying there's this thought that stores and restaurants aren't allowed to donate food, that it's it's actually kind of a myth. People talking about posting foodrunners.org, an organization in San Francisco. I had a lot of people talking about the quality of European chocolate, someone claiming that in, in Belgium it's actually government-mandated how the quality of chocolate has to go. So this this, uh, this Facebook group, point being, remains quite a delight. This week's episode, it was very near and dear to my heart. Tough topic. I've had people who I've lost in my personal life due to the opioid epidemic. It really messes with me to talk about it. I've, I've mentioned it on the show before. Rest in peace to a few friends of mine, my friend Josh, it's the one closest to me. Our caller has faced down addiction and says right at the beginning, nervous to tell this story, and then does. And uh, it, it really, I'm so thankful that that you did call her. I think you're all going to hear caller's nervous, very measured in tone throughout the whole story, but just beat by beat tells us how one falls into this scenario, and most importantly, how one finds their way out. That story is going to be different for everybody, but. Here's what I really want to underline. This caller makes it clear. Detox eventually worked. Found an inpatient system that eventually worked. NA works for this caller. Now, different things are going to help different people out there, but I hope if you're out there, you're struggling with addiction, you know someone who is, I hope that hearing that this caller found programs that were effective helps you reach out to the programs that might be effective for you. I mean it so sincerely rooting for anybody out there who's uh, addicted or knows someone who is. Hope you get something out of this call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. How's it going? It's it's, it's going pretty well. Good. How are you? Um, not bad. I'm not bad at all is what I would say. It's uh I'm kind of in a very relaxed place right now. And that's rare for me. So I'm quite happy to be able to say that. It's nice. Yeah. What's up with you? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to got a little warmer weather today. Nice to have the windows open while I'm working. That's always so good. Playing a little playing a little hooky right now. Working, talking to you. Working from home, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. That makes it easier. Makes it easier to sneak away from the boss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have a, have a job that I was able to just keep on working and smooth transition. That's nice. God bless you on that one. Yeah. I got plenty of friends that, uh, weren't so lucky with that at least, but yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I hope everybody bounces back soon. So what's up? Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprising myself for even calling in. This is something I don't think I would normally do. I, I, I hate talking on the phone about myself. <laughs> okay. Even though I, 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 I do it all the time for work. Um, well, but just, you know, not talking about myself, but, um, I, I could talk on the phone easily if it's, if it's work related, but, um, anything about myself, I don't know. I, I, I always feel a little uncomfortable. Um, so I just felt like putting myself out outside of my comfort range a little bit. Um, even though, even though the recording in the beginning tell, tells you not to be nervous, still, still a little, a little nerve wracking. But I bet for many people that makes them more nervous. Actually, <laughs> I think it puts the thought in their head. Maybe we should just have it go. You should be nervous, and then they'll laugh. <laughs> they'll laugh yeah. that we would do that, and then you'd be less nervous. Be nervous. This is a massive deal. If it goes yeah. poorly, we will put it out and we will air out your name. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Nah, what's the worst that happens? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Same page. That's, that, that's why I'm going for it. Yeah. And and I've I've, I've listened to enough enough episodes to uh, I I feel like you kind of relax things a little bit and you're certainly an easy person to talk to. Well, thanks. That's I mean. First of all, try talking to me in real life. No one would say that. Yeah. Just a nightmare. Just a nightmare. But yeah, with this show, you know what it is. You know what I've realized? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of freedom if you can find a healthy way to say, well, because I allow myself to not care. You know? Yeah. Not yeah. like I don't care about the quality of the work. Not like I I don't. Uh, you know, I I one of the. I love every episode. I think I think there's something really cool. I wish, uh, you know, not to get too businessy, but you've heard me say I wish they weren't behind that paywall because I think that they're it's cool culturally. And but I also go, well, if it goes wrong, we'll do another one. Yeah. So uh, you said you don't like talking about yourself personally. That <laughs> that lets me. Yeah, know. but I'm I'm still I'm I'm, I'm still going to do that. I think. Well, I was going to say um, that that gives me a clue that you have something personal to talk about. Yeah, no, it, it's this is. Oh well, 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 COVID sucks, and you know, being confined to to going places, everything's shut down. Um, well, this is a shitty year. This has been one of the best years of my life. Um, well, best best year in a while. I'm now three hundred and fifteen days. Since I had an opiate, had a pretty opiate. bad opiate addiction. Oh wow! Yeah. I thought you were going to say a drink. It sounded like you were heading towards that—an opiate. No, no, and 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 stopping or not drinking was the original plan after after rehab. But um, and I never had a, a drinking problem, and I I went six months without anything. Um, 
But then I think uh, COVID kind of made that a little bit more difficult. Um, it hasn't been a bad thing um, having having a drink here or there, but so you're having a uh, drink, but it's all staying under control. You you're on top of it, yeah. monitoring it, making sure if if, yep. it, if it doesn't feel good that you're gonna ease back on that. Scale yeah, back. It, it, yeah, it's it's something you still gotta kind of check yourself on. Yeah, make sure, sure it doesn't get out of control. For sure. Um, for sure. L- l- luckily, I have a, a an amazing girlfriend to to kind of keep me on track with that too. Good. Good. Got my back. Now I want to talk about this. It, it's something very important to me. I also just want to warn you and the listeners right now that I'm looking out the window and look, we do this from home in the times of COVID, and my neighbor across the street is firing up the weed whacker. So. I apologize if you hear a weed whacker in the background. Now let's talk. I've got the same thing going on. Got the same thing going on right now. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Now, opiates, pills. Did it get to the point of heroin? Where did this go? Uh, Never heroin. Heroin. Um, I I don't. I don't even think I would have been able to find it. Um, Yeah, it 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 started off with pills. Um, You know, I, I. I, I hurt my knee. Um, what wasn't prescribed anything, but I, I used it as an excuse to um, to take it when a friend offered it to, to to me when I was in you know when my knee was hurting. Um, and and a total late bloomer with all this stuff. Um, I'm in my 30s now, so this happened in my late late 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when the when the supply ran out from my my friend, you know the the, the first time I took it, I just for for me, you know, I, you hear some people, you know, they get they get sleepy, whereas uh, I I would feel like Superman, you know, like work was easier, you know, coming home and like cleaning the house was easier, like it just felt like I could do anything, and all of a sudden it's you know I I I hear. From uh, from another friend that I could get it, you know, from a dealer, and you know, first you know, oxys, and all of a sudden I'm 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 getting thirty Percocets, um, you know, was just eating them, and then you know you saw someone crush one up and snort it, and all of a sudden I'm following suit, and the rush is even bigger, and at some point. It, it changed to fentanyl um, without me even knowing. Oh, um, wow. I, I went to, I went, I went to detox once and uh, you know, they, they, they asked me what I was using, uh, told them, told them Percocets and you know, the, they, they test you and they and told me, you know, you don't have any Percocets in, in you. It, it's all fentanyl. And it, it it's crazy. They, <sighs> they, they press, they, they import the, the fentanyl and they have a pill press and they make them look exactly like Percocets. Now, I've heard that fentanyl is is actually more powerful than heroin. Is that true? I don't know much about it. That, that's uh, everything I've heard. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's definitely the case. Um, I mean, there's there's a very very small amount of it in a in a pill. Um, Look, looking back, I, I had whoever was making those pills was doing a really good job by not uh, not allowing me to overdose ever. I mean, I mean that's the thing with all all the street drugs, right? 
That's why a lot of people push for legalization, which I don't know how much I, uh, you know, it's tough because I like to think progressively, but I, I don't, I've had, I've had multiple friends die. It's very, very hard to me to separate that emotion, but you do see the point of it of like, well, at least, at least there would be a system in place where people know what they're getting. Cause that happens, you know, you hear about people dying cause they are taking something and they thought it was a completely different thing or because a dealer got, you know, got some stuff that was dirty or, or whatever and realized they could fake it and sell it for more. It's really, uh, yeah. that must, is that a scary moment for you or, or are you deep in the addiction at that point? Or when you hear, hey, you've actually um, snorting fentanyl, are you going, whoa, 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 didn't whoa. even, Didn't even care at the time. Wow. Like, just, it, it, it completely, it, it completely changes the way that you think. Like, you, I mean, every, every moment I was awake, I had one goal in mind at, at, a, at a point, and that was, you know, how am I going to get more drugs? Wow. So it was. It, it's, yeah, it was. The, the, the big realization I had was so like with, withdrawing is, is absolutely miserable. I, I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. The, the first time I went through withdrawals and I, and I had no clue what was going on and then realized when I took another pill that all those symptoms went away. When I, when I knew that I could prevent withdrawals just from taking more opiates, that's, that's when it was over for me. Like I, I, I knew that's when I, I knew I was addicted. Um, and I, I you know, you, you know, it's wrong, but you, you don't care. And, and, uh, I'm uh, just to skip. To, I'm just so glad you're safe now. I want to just skip to hear what was the breaking point that made you realize this has to end. Oh, oh I got arrested. Uh, um, never, never, never been arrested before. I mean, I, I grew up in my, you know, what I would say is a great family, you know, have, have my mom and dad in my life forever. My, you know, I got three great siblings, you know, I, I've, I've never gotten in trouble in my life. So I was, when, when, when I was really deep in my, into my addiction, I, I, I was doing Uber eats all the time to make extra cash to, to support my habit. I would, I would, I would just, leave I, I would put myself in a meeting at work and then go deliver food just to make some extra cash and so i was actually doing uber eats that the night i got arrested i was i was going to go pick up food and um yeah i got i got i got pulled over because i didn't get my inspection sticker done mm. now now an inspection sticker costs 30 bucks yeah it's the same cost as one pill <laughs> like all I had to do was sacrifice one of those just to just to get my my inspection sticker done. I would have never got pulled over. But I mean, I ended up being. Is that really where your head was ever. at, though? If you're like, is that how? Is that where your head was at? It was like that's one pill. Screw inspection. Yeah. It really Screw was it. that yeah. simple. If I have thirty dollars, yeah. it's not going towards anything except another pill. Yeah, one hundred percent. Damn, how many pills were you taking a day? Um, at the worst, it was like. 10. 10. You're snorting 10 pills. Yeah. Ooh. So you get pulled over. It would, it would. Somebody's, you're going to a store, pick up somebody's burrito or something. All of a sudden, inspection sticker. You're going, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. 
And, and so I, I was, <laughs> I was definitely illegally searched. <laughs> um, Cause I, I, I didn't see any reason for him to go through my bag, but um, you know, they, they said uh, like, Oh, we have to take, you know, collect all your valuables. And um, cause they, Oh, the, the other issue that I had is I, I, I let my insurance lapse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't allowed to drive the car. Mm-hmm. So they were, so I had to get out. They told me to take all my valuables. They, they, they told me something like they had to take inventory of everything in there, but I grabbed my, my work laptop bag and he said, I put something in it and he ended up going through it and, and found a, found a bag. So I, I'm, I'm assuming I was showing something in my eyes or something, you know, people's dilated or whatever that yeah. that gave him, you know, a suspicion. He had a sense something's up. I'm dealing with somebody. here. Yeah. Yeah. So you get arrested. Do they you get held in a cell? What happens? Um, well, so, so first one thing is, is when I, when I got back in, when I was in the backseat of that cop car, I, I breathed the biggest sigh of relief because uh-huh. it was at that, it was at that moment that I, that I knew I had to go get help. Um, but yeah, they, they, they brought me, they brought me to the police station, booked me. Um, uh, a cop comes in and I mean, I, I, I admitted everything to them once I got there. Um, at, at that point I was just ready to just get this all behind me and I was just wow. going to be honest, but I, I, I still have to deal with court. Um, keeps getting pushed back as a, as a COVID. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first cop that I was talking to in the cell, all he wanted me to do was do a, a sting on, on my dealer. Wow. That's um, intense. and, and, and told me, and, and told me if I did that, that, you know, when I would show up to court, I wouldn't have to bring an attorney or anything. They would just drop everything. Were you no, tempted like by that, that or that would have you been, just like, oh, no, I don't need to be involved in that? Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to narc in that, in that way. Um, the, I mean, the thing about it too is that like, if I, if I did that, I would have had, a, I would not have been able to go right to rehab. I mean, I would have been withdrawing. And then, like, all I'm thinking is, like, all right, if this guy has me, if they have me go in and go buy drugs, like, I'm going to take these drugs right then and there. Right. You're not even going to like, how is, how is this, how is this going to, yeah, how is this going to work? So, well, I mean, what? luckily, luckily there was another, there was another police officer there who, who was telling me more to just go, go get help. I mean, what an amazing moment of clarity for you to have this moment where you go, Oh, this can be over. And then you actually stick to it in the face of, of some of these offers. That's uh, I would imagine that, that you have to look back at that and go quietly. That was one of the major crossroads of my life was to realize yeah. this is a chance to get out and I'm going to take it. Getting arrested was the best day of my life. That's a, that's a hard one to say. It's a hard one to hear for a guy who's nervous. I'm, I'm really, uh, impressed that he said it there's there's so many more moments that are pretty inspiring when we come back
Okay, everybody, that break's over. Let's get going. Getting arrested was the best day of my life. And what's your family say? You said you came from a great family. I have, are they, they have to be shocked. They have to be shocked. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that I went to, that I went to detox, you know, like just, I, I, I don't live at home in, in my home city anymore. Um, so like my, my family now that I'm, I'm near really consists of my girlfriend and her family. Um, so the, the first time I went to detox, they were the only ones to know. Um, this was like 2017 or 2018. And this was before you got arrested. You tried to, you tried to clean up a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I knew nothing about it. Like I, I, I didn't learn very much about my addiction. It was, I, I strictly went to detox to just have someone help me get through withdrawals. But then I had no system in place after I got out to, to stay sober. So I, I stayed away from it for like, you know, a few months maybe. And it just barreled right down back to what it was and got worse. Wow. So your girlfriend knew, had, had she been sucked into it too? Or was she just sitting there going, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, I, I, this, this, this poor thing. I, I, I became the greatest liar in the world. Like I, I was completely having a double life. Like, you know, I don't think she was ever that close with someone who, who was going through an addiction like this. So it's, you know, it's not like, it's not like an alcoholic where, you know, you can either a visibly see them drunk or smell it on them or, or things like that. It's, it's, it's something a lot easier to hide. So, I mean, no one knew about this, about me. Not even your girlfriend. Did you guys live together? Yes. And she didn't yeah, know. She, she didn't. She she didn't know until I went to deep until I went to detox. Wow. Wow. And so it was probably happening for I don't know about a, a a year before I went to detox for the first time. So for a year, you're living with your girlfriend. She hasn't. Is she saying your personality's changing, or you're being kind of shifty, or is it just you're able to? you're able to tap into a side of yourself that, that has, has that in you, that manipulation, that, that being able to I think, lie. All that I think stuff. she knew, I think she knew something was wrong, but couldn't quite place it. You know, like looking back now, I know she could see signs, um, especially as we both became more educated about it. Um, after detox, um, she could definitely see it more, but I don't think wanted to believe it. I mean, I, I, I would come up with, I don't know, and, and I had the greatest excuses in the world. Um, and I mean, she loves me. She, she, she wanted to believe me. Um, you guys are still like, together? I, I'd be not. Yes. Ooh, that's a strong lady you got in your life, huh? Yeah. One hundred percent. Put up with a lot and stood by you. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm a jackass for not not having given her a ring yet. <laughs> it's time to get on that, that, my friend. That, that's that's that that's happening soon. That's yeah. happening very soon. I mean, if she stood by you through all that, that's someone who's going to stand by you for a life. And if you, uh, yeah, 
if, if, yeah. And if you're thinking that, that's, uh, and, and if you feel like you're past putting her in those situations, wow, that's a strong person. Yeah. She, she saved my life. She, I mean, that, that, that the night I got arrested, I mean, she, she was, she was at a concert that night having a great time with friends and I got arrested and I, her, her, I ended up calling her, her, her dad's the one that bailed me out. And he, he brought, which, oh man, that was, that was wonderful having to <laughs> have that, have that conversation, <laughs> which, I mean, which, and, and he's like, oh, he's like my, my second dad, because I, I, I'm not, you know, back at home with my, with my parents still. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, she was, she was so mad that night rightfully so obviously um yeah. and just 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 the disappointment and um but we we woke up the next morning and she already had phone calls made to uh to to get me the, the right help and send me off to to detox that day and then um go to a uh a, a, a 30-day inpatient rehab wow so you went and lived at the facility thirty days. Yeah, yeah. So seven days at uh, at a detox facility, and then um, that's where they, you know, they got like twenty four hour care, basically to get you through the withdrawals um, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I transferred to a uh, to another facility after that to do uh, to do the next thirty days. So it was like five weeks. And when you're at that specifically, because that detox, I've heard I've heard nothing but awful things about the the withdrawal process. So you're going through that that 30 day inpatient program. Here's a question I have: I don't know if it's the first time, but maybe for the first time, you're around a lot of other people who have a story similar to yours. That must be yeah. strange to all of a sudden realize, okay, there, here's other people, and I've done my version of that, or they they went further down this rabbit hole than I did, and I can see how it's how it's such a yeah. uh, even more massive effect if I don't shape up. What, what's the type of you know? I'm not trying to ask you to out anybody, but what's it like to all of a sudden be around a, a whole bunch of people when you've been hiding this side of yourself for so long? I I, I finally felt less crazy. You know, like a, addicts are like some of the most caring people you'll ever meet, you know, like, like at rehab, we talk about like the word junkie and, and being clean and stuff like that. And like, they'll say how much they hate those words. Cause it's, you know, the, the addiction's not what like, isn't what defines you. It, it was nice being with these people and figuring out that like, you know, we're all, we're all good people. We just had this, this drug or, or whatnot controlling and, and making, you know, irrational decisions that if you weren't using them, you wouldn't come close to, to doing some of the things you would do. And, and I did nothing. I, I was on the lower end of like things that people did wrong. <laughs> like some of the stories I heard is, is just 
absolutely crazy that, that you know what what they put themselves through, what they put their families through. Do you think that's helped your recovery? Realizing, okay, there's I'm I'm lucky that I didn't take things that far, and I yeah. don't want to. I, I, that that's got to be like, you know, you feel so heartbroken for the people who become the example, but it must also wake a lot of the rest of you wide up. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's something I, I, I have to think about here and there to just know, like, you know, like they would, I forgot, we would have, um, they were called, uh, commitments at, at, at rehab. So, um, every so often at night, they would bring in a group from AA or NA to kind of tell, tell their story. Um, and one of the guys said, he's like, you know, whatever you think your, 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 your rock bottom is, there's, there's a trap door in there that you don't know about and your bottom can, can go even further than you even think. And while, while I think like me getting arrested for the first time is, is, is rock bottom. I mean, if I, if I didn't get the help that I needed, there's, there's definitely another trap door down there. Yeah. Take even further. Yeah. And I want to know on a basic level, it, it, I feel like I, I, I've mentioned it on the show. I haven't said it in a while. This story is personal to me. I've lost a few people. And one of them was a kid who I grew up calling him my best friend. And uh, he died. He overdosed. And I mean, for years, for about 10 years, 11 years, I, I would have nightmares about it. I had to warn, when I started uh, dating my wife, pretty much anyone I ever dated, I would have to warn them. Hey, sometimes, warn them. I, uh, sometimes I wake up yelling. And if that happens, it's because I'm having a, friend, uh, a dream about my friend, Josh. It's how severe it was. So it gets me so mad. Um, and it's a story, your story is a story that's just way too common. And it's shocking that we're not doing shit about it. It's the story of someone who hurts their knee. So they take a pill and the pill is just designed in a way that can wreck your life. And then it does wreck your life. And you hate to say, cause I mean, you got arrested, you, you know, but a lot of people, this is what leads to the heroin epidemic. A lot of people don't necessarily have a girlfriend in their life who just goes into action that way or a, a family of hers that's willing to bail you out at, from jail. So in a certain sense, you got lucky. For his, and it sounds like what you went through was brutal. But it gets me so mad. It gets me so mad that this story keeps happening. And my question is, did you know that story when your knee was hurting? You know what I mean? Did you no. know this is the thing that, that they say happens? You take a pill and then it all tumbles. No, I no clue. Uh, you know, like, like where I grew up, like extremely sheltered. Just, yeah. you know, I, I, I didn't see addiction at all. Not especially, especially opiates. Um, yeah. I, I had, I had no clue that if you, if you, and, uh, you know, I'm in my late twenties at this point and I still like, was I just oblivious or, or ignorant? You know, I, I had no clue that if you could, if I continued to to take this over a certain period of time, that all of a sudden I'd start going through withdrawals. 
it really is uh it's evil stuff it's evil stuff and uh i know that the the makers of oxycontin i think tons of states teamed up and tried to sue them all at the same time try to put a stop yeah, to I, stuff with them I, yeah i saw i saw something about you know like filing a claim off of that lawsuit yeah i think get, they like, your, settled your, your, in a big way but it's like yeah. this is the thing it's like you know there's so much anger at people going man capitalism versus socialism and and all this stuff and i'm like i'm a capitalist and i see it and i've managed to do all right and did a little better than my parents and they did a little better than their parents and that's the dream that we're sold so i believe in it at the same time If it's like money's more important than anything, even if that means that we can't find a way to stop pharmaceutical companies that are selling products that kill people and lead to their deaths, at what point do we say money's not more important than that? A corporation's ability to make money is not more important than the fact that over and over and over again, People are just losing family members. People are having their lives wrecked because these assholes need to make a buck. Yeah. Gets and so and I wasn't even like, I wasn't even prescribed it. Like, yeah, I sought it out on my own. Like all the, all the people that, that it got prescribed it and were given amounts that they should have been nowhere close taking. Yeah. And then you hear about these doctors that, uh, are writing prescriptions and knowingly looking the other way. You hear about these pharmacies that don't flag it when the same people are coming in over and over again. It's just, and at some point you got, right. At some point you got to go, Hey, if the water is poisoned, we got to figure out where the headwaters are. We got to figure out where it starts. Cause if it's getting poisoned along the way, let's figure it out. And it's like, if, if these substances are killing people. And if someone like you, you said you grew up in a good family, you got a job. Anybody who wants to demonize what an addict look like looks like would not look at you and say that this is something that you are of that ilk of the of the stereotype. If it can wreck your life, at what point do we go, something's really wrong and it's gotta be stopped? And I know people are trying and I know people are working and I'm glad that I just looked it up 48 states sued Purdue chemical makes Oxycontin, but geez, man, too many years of the same sad story. I'm going to tell you something even more messed up. The, 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 the detox facility I went to, um, one, a, a, a guy who was a part owner of that facility was busted for bringing in fentanyl into that state and and getting people addicted or near that near that detox facility just so they could fill the beds. Come on, this guy's selling drugs, knowing that he's going to make money when these people have to come detox. Oh, the evil yeah, in like the my, world! There's too much evil my, in this goddamn world. My my insurance company. Thank God I had had the insurance I did and 
for slacking off so much on my job that I did that I didn't actually lose it. But I think my insurance company was paying like, uh, that, that, that one week stay, I think my insurance company paid out like 15 grand or something. Wow. And do you have the same job now that you had then? Yeah, I do. So when you disappear for five weeks, they know something's up. Yeah. Um, well, they, they just started the, um, there was a, 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 a law for a, a leave act where like they couldn't really ask questions and, um, basically something I, I was able to sign to basically keep my, my job secure. Um, but I have, uh, man, I, I, I'm just, I'm so blessed to a have my girlfriend and, and B have my, my supervisor is the only person at my, at my job that knows my whole story. Yeah. Um, and, and luckily she has a, a, a sister who was going through addiction. Got it. So I was able, I mean, she could see signs. She, she knew about the first time I went to detox. Um, she's 100% of my corner. Um, you know, I, I was able to talk to her and know that it wasn't going to go any higher than her. Yeah. No judgment. Again, a lucky one, a lucky one, right? Yeah. You wind up yeah. with a, a, an empathetic person who, uh, who helps, helps you keep that job, man. I, I'm glad you had these people in your life. I'm glad you had these people in your life. Not everybody does. So you went to the 30 day and it stuck. You've been, you've been off drugs since then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank um, God for that. They, what, what worked? I, I, I went to the right place. Like it's, it's weird. It just, I, I understand how like, you know, like things just happen for a reason. The, I, I had the other people that were there with me. I just had like the right group of people there at that time. Um, the right therapists. Um, you know, like I found out after I left that there was just like a bad group of people who didn't really want to be there. And it, it's, it's really a community while you're there. Like you, it's basically eight hours a day of just talking about your feelings. <laughs> that's my day. That's kind of my job with this show. Eight, eight hours a day talking about feelings. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. He's in touch with his feelings. I'm in touch with my feelings. I hope you're getting in touch with your feelings. We'll be right back. It's the final break, everybody. Let's finish it off. I really love this one. I hope you have too. Let's get to it. It's basically eight hours a day of just talking about your feelings. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I watched, watched and listened to, you know, 60 year old men, you know, just crying their eyes out about, you know, finally talking about, you know, abuse that they had from their father when they were, you know, eight years old. Wow. Wow. Um, and, 
so yeah, the, the people that came in after I left, I guess it just fell apart. Like there was just a bunch of people that didn't want to be there. And, you know, maybe we're just there because, you know, a family member was forcing them to, or maybe it was court ordered. Yeah. So, I mean, hearing your story, I'm, I'm so, so, the way certain things broke, I'm so thankful that I get to be on the phone with you right now because your girlfriend, your supervisor, the fact that you wound up with a group of people where everyone wanted to get to the finish line, that's uh, so glad things broke the way they did. Is it, is it still, uh, is it still difficult? Um, it's, it's easier than I thought it was going to be. Good. Um, I, 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 I don't even think about it anymore, really. Um, one nice thing that I had coming out of it is, um, I, I, I get an injection once a month called, uh, Vivitrol and it, it would, um, if I tried to take an opiate, it would block the effects completely. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so like, you gotta, you gotta want to, to get this. Um, because I mean, the, if, if you don't, if, if you don't really want to get sober, like then if you're not getting high at, off of taking these drugs, then, you know, there's, you could just keep taking more and more and more and you're going to, you're going to overdose without even knowing it. Right. Right. That makes so th and so. There's people who take this drug that sounds like a miracle, but if if you're not mentally ready and you're not emotionally ready, you might chase a high so far that yeah. you die that way. Man, this whole world, this whole world. I mean, I'm so glad you're on that in injection because you seem like such a smart person, and you know, the, I, I'm sure the fear for you and the fear for anybody in your life, like all of us who have loved ones who have been through this, I, I remember from my friend where you go, he's fighting so hard to avoid it. What happens on the night he's around somebody who says, Hey, look what I got and puts a pill down on a table. And that yeah. choice is that real. That's the scariest thought for the people who love addicts. Maybe it's not the scariest, but it, it's, I know for me, when my friend was struggling, he got clean a bunch of times and I would just sit there and go, Ooh, I hope no asshole pulls out a bag in front of him. I just sit there and he and I, we had kind of, you know, we lost touch once we got to high school age, but just from afar, I, I, you know, my, our, our mothers were still best friends and I just go, please don't ever be in that situation. And uh, really that, that, that injection sounds like a miracle in the sense that you go, Eh, it won't do anything anyway. And it, it, it must break some of the tension for that possibility for you. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's all, it's all about creating new habits and, you know, this kind of was like a little bit of a crutch for the first couple months after I left, um, to help me create those new habits and not have drugs be the first thing I think about every morning. <laughs> And what is it that's working? Or what, what can I? Add, whether it's techniques you've been taught in the various programs, 
or whether it's like an internal code that you've managed to build for yourself, what's working for you? Because I'm not asking if anybody who's an addict or has an addict in their family hears this, I'm not saying you have all the answers, but I think hearing from a human who's just a regular person who says, well, this is what I do. I bet it, I bet it could inspire. Yeah. It's, Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for me, it was gaining a new appreciation for life, like enjoying little things that you never really realized that you enjoyed. Um, like I, I, I stopped doing anything enjoyable. Um, while, while I was using, like, you know, I stopped playing sports and stopped playing video games that, you know, God, me, like me and my girlfriend barely went on dates. Um, now we've kind of sucks, sucks with COVID not being able to, to, to go out that much, but you know, we've done like a couple camping trips and now, and, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, just things that we've always wanted to do. Um, you gotta, it's, it's setting goals of, of things that you actually want to accomplish and just, and, and pursuing them. Um, now part of, probably the other thing I'm lucky with is I, I don't have, I, I never did these things with friends of mine. So, right. you know, when you, when you were saying like, you know, being worried about someone bringing out a bag in front of your friend, um, I don't really have that worry. I, I think the only thing that would be brought out might be, might be some pot. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't your social scene. You no. have to actively seek it out. Complete. Yeah. Complete, complete separate life that I just, Whew. I mean, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed about it all the time. Secret life. You had a whole secret so I, life so I, going. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't let anyone know. I would, I would lie, lie to anyone to, to keep that secret hidden. Yeah. Outside of that, going to NA meetings was, was super helpful. This, this, like this right now is kind of an NA meeting for me. I mean, the, the, the whole point is to kind of just talk about your story and keep you, you know, keep you grounded. So you kind of remember what you went through. And you own it. Right. And I, I've always felt like, any demons I had, when you own it and you find yourself in the place where you're comfortable talking about it, has a lot less power over you. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I've, I've told, you know, a lot of my friends know about it now. Um, being able to, t- to tell your story, just uh, I, personally, it gives me more confidence to, to, stay, to stay away from it. Good. Good. Here's maybe a weird question. Maybe one where you might just go, you know, I, I never really thought about it. It wasn't really like that. When you were living that double life, did you ever, which, which version of, which person in that scenario felt like the real you? You know what I mean? Did you feel like, I'm this guy with this girlfriend and this job and this happy life. And then I'm the, uh, you know, when the incredible Hulk monster comes out on that, or did you go, man, I am, I'm this guy 
who's who's chasing a high all the time and all these I'm tricking all these people into thinking I'm someone else? Uh, that's a good question. When I would do productive things because I was I had like that boost of energy from the high, I think I would like kind of think, yeah, oh yeah, this is this is the best me. But I definitely had plenty of times where I was alone in my own thoughts, thinking about how I became basically a monster, you know? It's it's funny, like, I, I developed relationships with like other people that were buying drugs from our, from my dealer. And one of them, actually, I, I, we would talk about all the time about how we wanted to stop. Um, and what's, what's funny is he, he actually, a, a week before I went to detox, um, he got, he got caught by his family and ended up going to detox, went to a different facility that I went to. But then without even knowing, we ended up both going to the same 30-day program. At the same time, like in the same groups? Same groups. So you get in there and you're like, yo, Ronnie. He turns <laughs> yeah. around and he's like, whoa, hey. <laughs> uh, did that? Which, which was, not, it was nice to see a familiar face. Well, I was um, going to ask, like, does it create this feeling of like, oh God, now I can't open up because it's a person I've run into? Or like, oh, I can lean on someone else even harder. Uh, no, it was, it was, it was definitely meant to happen that way. It, it was, it was a good thing. Um, now my, my, my girlfriend and his wife weren't so thrilled. <laughs> um, they, and justifiably so, I mean, they were, they, they both thought it was an awful idea. <laughs> right. Um, they, they wanted us to kind of be separated while we were there. Um, but we, whether or not they would believe us at the time or not, I mean, we, we, we really talked about how we, we wanted to, to get away from this and, Are you still and just get touch? our lives back on track. Uh, no, um, we, we'd end up seeing each other at the same meetings and a meetings here or there. Um, but we, you know, deleted each other's numbers um, yeah. right after just to keep that disconnect. Um, right. So yeah, no, I, I haven't. And this is the, this is the thing that sucks with, uh, with COVID is that the, the only meetings you can go to right now are, are, are virtual. Yeah. yeah um, it's not, not the same. No, it's not. And I, yeah, I, I, I haven't, I haven't stuck with the virtual ones. I, I, I need that that face-to-face connection for, for these types of things. Yeah. I'm glad you wound up okay. You said it's almost been a year, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, three, 315 days. Congrats, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that, that's I, I, I want to go back to a meeting so bad because I'm so, you know, you, you, you see so many regular faces when you go every week. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. like I pray that when I go back that I see most of those people still there. Right. Oh, that's a sad thought. Especially uh especially alcoholics. Like I actually feel lucky being an opiate addict first. I mean, you know, they'll they'll tell you an addict's an addict, you know, a drug is a drug. Um 
most people told me no like if, if you have a opiate addiction you you can't drink like it's it's all or nothing i had some people that did disagree um it's it's working out for me okay right now um but i can't imagine being able to go to the store to 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 buy something that you're addicted to right or to walk past it in an aisle yeah oh yeah you know like if if some of these guys lost their jobs and things like that it'd be very easy to turn turn right to the bottle that's true isn't it you don't even think of that it's you try try, you gotta go out to buy some milk and then you're driving past two liquor stores on the way it must be so hard especially right now I, i i stayed in contact with my with my therapist from, from the 30 day program. And she said that the, the waiting list and intakes just went like through the roof during all this. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. It's not surprising at all. You hear about that. You hear about, um, about mental health, about Seuss, all of it, man, all of it. All of it. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but I'm so glad you're all right. And I'm so glad it sounds like you, you know, just starting now, you seem so dedicated to making this last. That's the impression I get. And I hope it's true. It is. I I can't say I'll never relapse. I mean, like, uh, if if you say that, I think you might be setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, you got to be realistic, right? I mean, I haven't had a drink Um, in, in... 19 years, 20 years. Yeah. I'll tell you. Here's how, here's how I know that it's still a problem for me is the only time I ever want to drink. I want to do it alone. I've never once had, I've never once been at a party and been like, everybody's drinking. I should just grab a beer. It's only when I've had like a horrible week and I'll be I'll be driving home and go past a bar and I'll be like, I should just stop in there and get fucked up. Nobody'll know. I'm like, well, that's that's the reason I shouldn't go down this road. And it's still yeah. 19 years later, I still have those thoughts. You're 315 yeah. days. I think it's really smart to not go, I'm gonna be Superman forever. Cause that's just that makes it an all or nothing, right? That makes it win or lose, yeah. and that's not real life. Yeah totally relate, relate to that yeah I, I all i wanted to do was isolate but that's all i did I, I stopped talking to the friends as much family members as much while i was using like just a a, a demon that you want to be by yourself with yeah man i uh i'm sure there's people who have written think pieces on this but did you you a lord of the rings fan i am I haven't read the books, just just the movies. Yeah, I, I watched the first movie, and then I wanted to know how it ends, so I went and read all the books, and then I watched the movies. Um, but Pete, I don't know why I felt necessary to share that. Do you ever feel like uh, – I remember when I watched Gollum, I was like, that's how I was with alcohol. That's how I was with alcohol. I said, like, oh, give me – I'm going to pound this shit into my brain. Like, I felt like Gollum. Yeah, when he's talking to himself, Smeagol versus Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's like, Completely. You, don't need, you don't need to be good. Spiegel, Spiegel be good. And he's like, no, give me the ring. Give me the ring. I want the ring. Yeah. I just, go- <laughs> I just uh, Googled his Gollum a metaphor for addiction. And there's, this is not, I am not a smart person. This, this thought has been, been uh, analyzed to death. But I remember, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, woo, probably not good when you're watching an ensemble based movie and the character you identify with the most is Gollum. There's like 45 characters in the first hour of that trilogy. And the one who's hit me in the gut is the, uh, is the complete burnt out, wide eyed, gray skinned addict. Oh God. Oh, yeah, the, the the ring the ring is 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 the booze or the or the drug. Yeah, the ring is the pills, right? Yeah, man. I think I think I actually heard someone call 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 a pill her her, her precious ones. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Surprised. Not really funny, but <laughs> not surprised. I mean, but listen though. As another thing, you gotta you gotta find a way to laugh, right? You gotta think back. If you don't, I bet I bet you have seen some things, been in some locations, been around people where not anytime soon, but five, six, seven years from now, I bet they're the funniest stories you have because that's a. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if that's true for everybody, but for me, I go. Listen to this shit I pulled back then, and I make all my friends laugh. And I go, I have power over it. It does not have power. I'm. It's a funny story. That's what it is to me now. It's a funny story. Yeah. That's all it is. It's not this thing I'm going to sit around being ashamed of or scared of. It's a funny story, and I got it. I I feel like when I can turn that stuff in into that, I feel like I'm able to just kind of like grab it by the shirt and pin it against the wall and be like, you don't have any say in this. I don't have any say in this. You have to. You have to. You have to. I'd be, I'd be so full of, of, of guilt and shame still. If I, if I focused on those things and, and took them too seriously now. And culture is built in a way that perpetuates that. And people aren't even trying to hand out that guilt and shame, but you, you, like you said, that the idea that the phrasing is I'm not clean. It's like, that's are people going to feel comfortable reaching out to their loved ones. If the connotation is, Hey, I'm dirty. I'm filthy. You know, like the idea of being a junkie, it's just a word junk. It's like the garbage pile, the, the, the dump, yeah. like it, it, it makes it, it makes it so hard to not feel judged. And uh, it, it's, I'm 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 just really happy that as I've become an adult, I've realized that uh, it's not. Who am I to judge anybody? I'm not going to judge anybody. There's times where I might be, you know. Oh, I I I, I used to judge everyone. Yeah, and and it's it's right. It's like I still feel like you know. I think about having a kid now, where I'm like, oh man, if I was like back in the city with him, and somebody cornered me, and they 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 coming out my, where I go, okay, there's fear, there's concern, there's, but when, when you meet somebody uh, one-on-one, letting the judgment go goes a long way for everybody. 
for yeah. everybody. For people like you who need to not feel judged and need to feel like culture will accept them back. And for people on the other side of it too, who will go, oh, being compassionate, being empathetic feels positive. It just feels positive. And uh, yeah. you're not a cartoon character just because you've snorted fentanyl. That doesn't turn you into like a caricature of like somebody who's under a bridge scat scratching scabs off the you know what I mean? Like that's what we all have in our head. Yeah. It's conditioning. It's not the case. And we gotta I, be open. I, I swear I'm I'm the last person that anyone in my life would have thought would have done this. Yeah. So yeah. like uh, for for people listening, like, you know, I, I don't be surprised if you have a, a friend in your life that that you would never think would do something like this that it just spirals out of control from for them. And if they do something stupid, like it's not who they really are. And uh, I always try to remind myself too, for as much chaos as people can cause in, in the lives of those around them, it's worse for that person. Like it's, it's, and, and, and I, I tell you, cause I've, I've been a person who made it really hard for people in my life when I was drinking, I'm not going to air out, specifics I, I i've seen some things in my family people make it really really hard for you but you got to take a deep breath and remember it is somehow even worse for them it's scarier and it's more wrecked with guilt it's more wrecked with shame fear so be there and our our, our time is up my friend but i gotta say you sound good you sound like you're on top of it I really, really hope that continues. I really hope you know that I can say myself and everybody who hears this is just rooting for you to stay away from that and proud of you for getting away from that. And, uh, you know, when you feel like she's ready, that girlfriend sounds like the hero of this story. And I hope that, I hope that she gets she a ring that's not the Gollum metaphor, that it's the ring she deserves because she had your back hard, my friend. She does. She does. Good. I really appreciate this, Chris. I appreciate it from you. I know you said at the top, it's hard for you to talk about personal stuff. And then you got about as personal as you could and a good reminder for me on how to treat people. And I bet other people out there who will, who will get some real use out of this. So thank you for opening up. Thank you. And last, last thing I would, I would, we would do these things called wrap ups at, at, at uh, every rehab. Um, just talking about how your day and I'm a huge bills fan and would always say go bills at the end so shout out to bills mafia <laughs> all right and if you're you know what i don't know if you're a buffalo guy or if you just pass through there to see games because you're a fan but i had some i had a my whole life i wanted to try one of these beef on wax sandwiches oh yeah i went vegetarian i went vegetarian i thought i'd never taste one i'm doing shows out at buffalo sugar city this venue that just closed down broke my heart I found a place that had vegetarian beef on whack and I got to try it and it was oh, wow. so good. Well, if you ever so jump from the vegetarian, you want to go to Charlie the Butcher right near the Buffalo airport. Charlie the Butcher down by the airport. Yeah, close to the airport. It's a good place. <laughs> go down by the airport. That sounds like where you tell somebody to go get drugs. But <laughs> that sounds Probably. like... You you go down by the airport, you get the be ask for the beef on whack. Don't there you go. All right. So it's a dark joke to make at the end, but uh much love it's to you, good. my man. It's please stay strong. Please, please, please keep your head on your shoulders. You got this. I will. I will. Thanks, man.
caller, 315 days. That's almost a year. That's huge. I hope you get to that year. I hope you get to two years, five years, 10 years. I hope this is an issue that never, never affects your life again. I mean that so sincerely. I'm rooting for you so hard. Thank you for opening up. Thank you to Jared O'Connell and Anita Flores for helping with the show. Thank you to Shellshack for the music. I said I got shows coming up. Go to chrisgeth.com if you want to check out where you can get those tickets. And if you want to hear our whole back catalog, go to stitchpremium.com stories. I think you get a free month right now if you check that out. All right, everybody, that's all the business. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.